begin reading in verse 21. When you got to say so, I'll wait a little bit longer. shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him up to seven times Jesus said to him I do not say to you up to seven times but up to 70 times seven verse 23 therefore the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants and when he had begun to settle accounts one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents but as he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he be sold with his wife and children and all that he had, and that payment be made. The servant therefore fell down before him, saying, Master, have patience with me, and I will pay you all. Then the master of that servant was moved with compassion, released him, and forgave him the debt. But that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii and he laid hands on him and took him by the throat saying pay me what you owe so his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him saying have patience with me and I will pay you all verse 30 and he would not but he went and threw him into prison till he should pay the debt verse 31 so when his fellow servants saw what he what had been done they were very grieved and came and told their master all that had been done. Then the master, after he had called him, said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant, just as I had pity on you? And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due to him verse 35 so my heavenly father will also will do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses let's pray dear heavenly father we come before you this morning dear god just thanking you my lord god for this awesome time that we've had in your presence already dear lord father god i pray that you would open up our hearts our minds my lord god our understanding dear lord jesus Father God, that the word today that would be released, dear God, would be communicated clearly, dear God. I pray that I would decrease and that you would increase, my Lord God. Give us ears to hear, my Lord God, what your spirit is saying to us today, dear Lord. In Jesus' name I pray and I give you thanks. Amen. You may be seated. So as you can probably uh, guess... Uh, today, I want to go ahead and speak to you a message about forgiveness. And um, forgiveness, it might be a simple message, but I think it goes to the root of our faith, right? This is something that is, um, is vital uh, to the Christian faith, forgiveness. In verse 21, we see Peter coming to Jesus and asking, how often shall I forgive my brother? Now, Jewish tradition tells us that it's, um, 
customary, it was customary to either three or four, depending on the resource that you go to, to either three, three or four. So Peter thought he was being gracious. He's like, listen, I'm going to go above and beyond. Instead of three or four, I'm going to say seven. Seven is enough, right? Seven times. And Jesus was like, mm-mm, I'm about to blow your mind. Seventy times seven. I imagine Peter's eyes got this big. And his jaw probably dropped because he's like, wait a minute, hold on a second. Let me see. That's a lot of forgiveness. And Jesus is probably like, yeah, it is. But then I love it because Jesus like, tells you this truth and then he breaks it down to you in a story, right? So next we see in verse 23, therefore the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. So that's a lot of talents. That's a lot of money. So it's probably like a million or a zillion, a zillion dollars. That's like a million trillion, right? So it's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. So this is obviously, you know, a debt that this poor servant wasn't able to pay. It's kind of like if my mortgage company would come to me and tell me, listen, your mortgage in its entirety is due today. I'd be like, you could have the house because I can't pay it. I'm sorry. I'd be bankrupt. I had to sell everything. And so it's kind of like that where, you know, he was called to go ahead and pay this debt, but he wasn't able to. He wasn't able to pay. So his master said, okay, I'll tell you what. I know you're not able to pay, so this is what I'm going to do. Let's make a deal. I'm going to sell you and your wife and your kids. I'm going to sell all y'all so my debt can be paid. So this debt of yours that you owe me can be paid. That's crazy. And all that he owned. So this debt didn't just affect him, but it affected his wife, his kids. It affected his family. I want you to think about that. Keep that in mind. So the man owed more than he could ever repay. Christ was trying to go ahead and create some type of perspective. He was like trying to say, okay, well, listen, look, look, at, look at this man owing this debt, right? And it's kind of like us. We owe a sin debt, right? We all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That's what the Bible says, right? So it doesn't matter how good you are, you still owe a sin debt. And it's funny because we try to go ahead and do what we can, right? I want to be good. I want to be moral. We become moralists. But that's not good enough. It doesn't matter. Your righteousness is as filthy rags before Christ. So then it begs the question, what do I do? And the thing is, is that this is, this is the thing. We have to come to a place where we, we realize that we are bankrupt that there is no way that I can pay what I owe. There is nothing that I can do that will get me to the place. Because if you think about it, how much good is good enough? How many, bad, how many bad things have you done? So how much good do you have to do to outweigh? Which is awesome because you know what? The wages of sin is death. You earn wages, don't you? Right? So you can earn that, right? You can earn debt. That's easy. But the gift, gift, right? You can't earn a gift. A gift has to be given, doesn't it? And the greatest gift giver is God, right? Nobody can outgive God. So he gives us this gift of salvation. He says, you know what? I am going to pay your sin debt if you will accept me, if you will accept the gift. Because you can always go ahead and reject the gift, right? Christmas time is coming around, and, you know, sometimes you get things that you don't like. And what do you look for? The gift receipt. You're like, man, where is, where is it at? I need to exchange this gift. It ain't good. It ain't good. It ain't good. And sometimes we try to go ahead and exchange salvation because, you know what, we say, oh, it's too hard. It doesn't fit right. It's too big. It's too big. Maybe we need to grow a little bit, right? 
Maybe we need to exercise our faith so we can go ahead and get in it, right? Amen? Amen. We can't exchange the gift because it's good. God gives good gifts. Amen? Amen. Okay, so the servant therefore fell down before him saying, Master, have patience with me and I will pay you all. I bet you the master was like, for real? Come on, man. <laughs> you won't live long enough to pay me back. Then the master of that servant was moved with compassion. I want you to highlight that, right? That he was moved with compassion. It wasn't because the servant deserved it. The servant deserved to be sold because he owed the debt. It wasn't that the master was being wicked or he was trying to be unfair. It wasn't that. The master was being fair. He was saying, you know what? You owe me this. You owe it to me. But because the master saw the servant fall down and give a genuine plea from his heart, he was moved with compassion. And he forgave him the debt. The, the servant realized that his situation was very grave. He realized at that moment that he was bankrupt. That was the moment when the master called on that debt to be paid that the servant realized, ooh, my pockets ain't deep enough. I can't pay this. And that is the place that we need to come to. As Christians, that is the place that we need to come to as believers, that you know what? We can't. There is nothing good in us. Only Christ in us is good. There is nothing that we can do. We have to rely 100%. And sometimes, you know, we get puffed up because we get a little bit of knowledge. We get a little bit of word in us, and we say, okay, well, you know what? I know the word. I'm skilled at dividing the word. And so, you know, we, we gain this, this kind of arrogance, like, you know what, I can do, let me go, God, I'm good, I got this, step aside, I got this. And it's like, wait a minute, what happened? Don't you remember? Oh, did you forget? Just because I cleaned you up and I, I, I gave you new clothes and, and I made you a son, did you forget? We need to remain humble. We need to remain in that place where we're like, God, you know what? I am nothing without you. Apart from you, I am nothing. You can go ahead and give God glory right there. It's all right. You can shout. You can go ahead and give him praise. It's okay. Remaining humble. It's hard, too, because sometimes, you know, we like, oh, yes, I got this. And it's like, no, no. And then God comes over and pop. Pops your ball. Oh, Jesus. You go through the trial, you're like, Lord, please have mercy on me. <laughs> I can't make it alone. Oh, man. But he is faithful and just to forgive us. Amen. So no matter how long he worked, he couldn't pay off the debt. No matter what he could do, he couldn't do it all on his own. But now I want you to remember a time when, as Christians, or, you know, back when we were unbelievers, and we first heard the gospel, and we realize that. We realize that, you know what? I've offended God. I've offended the creator of the universe. I am his enemy. I'm apart from him. And then somebody 
came along and said, you know what? Jesus Christ died on the cross for you. And if you accept his sacrifice, make him the leader of your life, you will be saved. You're not going to owe that debt anymore. And you say, wow, that's a pretty good deal. I'm going to take the deal. I'm going to take that. And God took all that away, right? Took that debt away. You felt, you felt light, didn't you? You were walking on air. You're like, wow. You felt so new. It's kind of like when you've been working a long, like, double. A double shift, right? <laughs> working from 7 a.m. to 11 p.m. And if you're like me, you work at a hospital. So you deal with patients and stuff. And sometimes, you know, patients, you know, they got stuff. And you're like. And it always seems to happen right after lunch. So you enjoy your lunch, and then afterwards you're like, oh, taking those hard swallows. Just keep it down, man. Keep it down. So you, when you don't, after you're done, you get home, and you feel disgusting. You know, Alina wants to come and hug me. I'm like, no. <laughs> wait, wait. So I go in, and I take a shower, and, you know, I come out, and I'm like, I feel new. Put on fresh clothes, and you're like, mm, it's yummy. <laughs> Especially when you just crawl into bed, and you're like, I just want to sleep. I just want to sleep. So it's kind of like that. You feel fresh. You feel new. You're like, ah, oh, I've been renewed. Thank you, Jesus. You forgave all of this. And it was good, right? I bet you this servant was feeling woo, phenomenal. And then we run into the butt. always got to be a but. And this is a big but, too. Verse 28, it says, but that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. So basically, compared to the servants, the first servant's debt, the second servant owed him nothing. It was nothing. But check out what he did anyway. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat. Now, ain't nobody ever taken me by the throat, and I ain't never taken anybody else by the throat, but it looked pretty serious. If you're taking somebody by the throat, it's pretty serious, right? Took him by the throat. <laughs> and he said, pay me what you owe. And he probably got right in his face, too. Probably spat on him and everything. Ugh. Anyway, so he said, pay me what you owe. So his servant, his fellow servant fell down at his feet, right? I probably would have fallen down, too. And he said, have patience with me, and I will pay you all. And he begged him, have patience with me. Man, that sounds kind of familiar, right? <laughs> Where have I heard that before? And he would not, but went and threw him into prison. Oof. Now, did the other servant owe him that money? Yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. He didn't deny it. He didn't say, no, I, didn't owe, I don't owe you nothing. He owed him. But how quick he forgot, right? How quick he forgot how much debt he had been forgiven. The debt owed by his fellow servant was nothing compared to the debt that was owed to the master. It's the same exact scene, right? So, 
He locked him up in this debtor's prison. And sometimes we lock people up in our own prison, right? Our own little prison of unforgiveness. We got people up in there. Make room. There's more room in the back. Move back. <laughs> Get in there. You already ate. I already, I already fed you. You know, go, go, move on. Funny thing about prison. You know that in the state of Florida, just to run the prison, run the prison, in the state of Florida, it's over a billion dollars. That surprised me. At least I know where my money's going, right? <laughs> it's crazy. So if you lock somebody in your prison, you got to maintain them, right? You got to feed them, right? You got to feed them. You got to give them water. Can't let them die in there. Ooh, heaven forbid. <laughs> heaven forbid. What if they need a doctor? Well, we got to go ahead and get him the doctor. Just when, you know what I'm saying? We got to, hey, if he's about to die, no, bring the doctor in. Clear. Okay, he's alive. He's good. Put him on life support because I need him in the prison. Our prison of unforgiveness. And what do I mean by feeding them and maintaining them? This is what I mean. You got to go ahead and remember the offense, right? So you sit there and you start meditating. Instead of meditating on the word, right? All that is good, right? No, no, that's, listen. <laughs> I don't want to meditate on that because I have an offense. Somebody owes me. I was wrong. Call 911. Get the police over here. I need to file a report. We maintain them, we feed them. We go ahead and start thinking about how it happened and when it happened. And I was sitting like this, and they were standing like this, and they were doing this to me. And they said, can you believe they said, oh, and that's the other thing. That's the other thing. Then we start, you know, we, we start calling our friends. We say, listen, Jimmy, um, you won't believe what Vanessa did to me. Mm-hmm. Let me come here. Let me tell you. <laughs> Let me tell you what she did to me. Da, 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 because I have to go home with her, not with you. <laughs> Hallelujah. I've been married a while. I know, I know. I know what to say and what not to say. Um, but we go ahead and start speaking to other people about, you know, how we were wronged and how it happened and when it happened. And we continue to mull it over. And sometimes we don't even remember. I just don't like him. Why not? I don't remember. But I know he did something bad to me. Locked up. Lock him up. Because he deserves to be in there. Let me ask you something. How many times have you offended God? I don't even want to think about it. because It's too much to think about. But then we fall down before him, don't we? Tears in our eyes. Sometimes on our knees. Saying, God. I know. I know. I'm sorry. Please, God. Please forgive me. Please wash my sins away. I repent. 
for my sin, for what I did. And what does he do? My son, my daughter, I forgive you. Come on. Get up. Get up. Come on. Let's work this thing out. But what do we do? <laughs> Tears in, our, in people's eyes. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, you better be sorry. <laughs> I'm going to think of, please forgive me. Please forgive me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I think about forgiving you. Give me a minute. Give me some time. We forget. We forget God forgave us. Because our penalty is far worse than theirs. I mean, they just offended you. Okay, well, big deal. And it might be a big deal. I'm not trying to downplay it. You know, sometimes offense is, is harsh, man. It hurts. Especially when it's from people that you love. People that are close to you and they cut you. They cut you deep. And you're like, oh, gosh, that hurts. But the thing is, is this. When you think about that hurt and you think about the offense that you committed against God, there is no comparison. There is no comparison. So there should be no reason to withhold forgiveness from others. Amen? Amen. The only thing that unforgiveness does is that it holds you back. Why? Because you got to maintain those people. Every time you sit down, you kneel down to pray, you're like, man, Lord, you need to deal with so-and-so. I don't know what's wrong with them, but they need you bad. <sighs> we crazy sometimes, right? Some of the things we pray, I'm like, oh, <laughs> what is that? Verse 31, so his, when his fellow servants saw what had been done, they were very grieved, not just a little bit, but very, very grieved, and came and told their master all that had been done. Then his master, after he had called them, right? So he said, hey, come here. Come back here. Let me talk to you for a second. Said to him, you wicked servant. I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not also have had compassion? There's that word again, compassion on your fellow servant, just as I had pity on you. And his master was angry and delivered him to the tortures until he should pay all that was due him. So other people take notice when you don't forgive. It's like, man, what's wrong with that brother? What's wrong with that sister? Always walking around, always saying, oh, how they were wronged, and, you know, they justify themselves, and they go ahead and break it down to you, and how, you know, they were wronged, and you're nodding, you're like, okay. Why are you telling me this? No, but listen, no, you don't understand. You don't understand. They offended me. Yes, I understand they offended you. But are you not a Christian? Did God not forgive you? Weren't you going to hell before God, you know, went ahead and found you? So who are you to withhold forgiveness from somebody else when you yourself have been forgiven a great debt? A great debt. I love this next passage. So my heavenly Father also will do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. 
Isn't that crazy? It's funny. God doesn't expect you to do anything that he's not willing to do. He's like, yeah, you offended me, but I'm going to forgive you. You ask for forgiveness, I'm going to forgive you. So then we go ahead and place ourselves in that judgment seat. You offended me, and I am not going to forgive you. And that's it. But then there's God, right? What are you doing? (laughs) Didn't I forgive you all that debt? Didn't I wipe your sins away? Didn't I clean you up? Wasn't it me that picked you up when you were all messed up? Didn't I adopt you into my family? Are you not my son? Are you not my daughter? Why are you not acting like my son and my daughter? You represent me. I am the great forgiver. And why are you not forgiving then? Why are you holding grudges? Why? When I forgave all that debt. And sometimes we become bitter, right? We become oversensitive. Then everything offends us. Then we got overcrowding in our jail. (laughs) We got that revolving door. We forgive, maybe, sort of. But then they offend us, and then right back in. Then we forget, we forgive, whatever. And then right back in. And it's like, man, just forgive. Stop remembering that stuff. Stop drudging up the past. The past is the past. You got to forget that stuff. You got to move forward. You got to say, you know what? I forgave that person. Doesn't necessarily mean that we're best friends now and stuff like that. But the thing is, is this, is that, you know what? Unforgiveness, unforgiveness is something that will cause uh, disunion or division. And so if we are to be a body, right, God prayed that we as a body would be united just like him and the, just like Christ and the Father are, are one, right? That we would be one. That we would be together. Why? Because the devil knows that if he divides us, we are conquered. We are defeated. We are a mighty giant. The church is a mighty giant, powerful, because God has empowered us. But when we let unforgiveness seep in it destroys us that's why this is so important that's why forgiveness is so vital because we as a church have a job to do we are to go out we are to go ahead and preach the gospel to the unsaved we're to have compassion on them but if we can't have compassion within ourselves if we can't have compassion on one another then where are we divided divided too many times we let little things minimal offenses break us apart and God says listen I want my body united together a force to be reckoned with if the enemy can divide us we're in trouble we're in trouble I know that we win at the end because in the end of the Bible that's what it says we win amen but we got to be united. And in order to be united, we have to learn how to forgive one another. Now, that, that's a pretty harsh scripture there. And I mean, you know, hey, the word of God is truth. 
So I said, well, hold on. Let me see if it says it somewhere else. And it does. In Matthew chapter 6, Matthew chapter 6, verses 14 through 15. And I'm wrapping up. I know I didn't want to go long. I just wanted to go ahead and make you guys think. And this is Jesus speaking. So this is earlier in the chapter. It says, for if you forgive men their trespasses, so their, the, the offenses that they've committed against you, the sins that they've committed against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. That's great. That's some good news. Here's a but. Verse 15 says, but if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. So you see where it becomes a salvation issue. I mean, that's what it's about, right? God forgive us our sins. But we as a people, as Christians, we need to understand that we also are called to forgive. That the offenses that, that are caused to us are not so great that they cannot be forgiven. And sometimes, you know, the hurt will take time to heal. It happens. It does. We get offended and we get hurt and, and all that. But is this grace not sufficient? Yes, it is. Will he not rub that healing balm on you? Yes, he will. Why? Because he loves you. And sometimes we go through stuff because it's our own fault. We should have listened, and you know what? We got our bumps and our bruises along the way, just like my daughter. Sometimes she don't listen. <laughs> She got to learn, as Lewis would say. She got to learn. She got to learn. <laughs> but, you know, as a dad, I'm always there and saying, baby, it's okay. I know. I know, mommy. You shouldn't have done that, but now you know. Now you know. And God, in the same way, says, see, you know, I, I try to warn you. I try to warn you. I try to tell you. I love you, and I didn't want you to go through that. But now that you've gone through it, I'm going to love on you. I'm going to pick you up. I'm going to come alongside you. Because I love you. Come on and stand to your feet. God calls us to forgive because he's forgiven us. And so with every eye closed and every head bowed, I just want you to think of something. I want you to think right now who you have locked up in your prison of unforgiveness who's in there is it a friend from a long time ago a brother a sister who's in there who have you been maintaining judging up those memories playing it out in your mind over and over again getting mad all over again What I propose is a jailbreak today. Bust open that door. Release those people. Because if you release them, then re you release yourself from having to maintain them in there. You don't have to think about that anymore. You can move on. You can be that effective son or daughter that God has called you to be. And this is holding you back. Go ahead and grab your neighbor's hand. And we're going to pray for one another.
Dear Lord, I just come before you right now, dear God. Asking, my Lord God, that you would forgive us, my Lord God, for not forgiving other people. Father God, that you would open up our eyes, dear Lord Jesus, that you would search our hearts, dear God. Search our hearts, my Lord God. Father God, that we, my Lord Jesus, would remember those that we are harboring feelings, my Lord God, against. Because sometimes, dear God, they're deep down in the dungeon, not just the top, but the down deep, dear Lord God. And we don't even, we've forgotten that they're there, my Lord God. But when things come up, it reminds us, dear Lord. Father God, so I pray, dear Lord Jesus, that we will be faithful servants, dear God. That because you forgave us, dear God, that, you would, that we would forgive, my Lord God, those people today in our lives, dear God. Father God, whoever, my Lord God, may have offended us, my Lord God, whoever may have hurt us, my Lord Jesus, I pray, dear God, that we would forgive them today, dear Lord God, that we would release them, my Lord God. Father God, and that you, my Lord Jesus, would heal our hearts today, my Lord God. Father God, that you, my Lord Jesus, would heal those broken areas, my Lord God, in our lives, dear God. The hurts, my Lord God, that people have caused, my Lord God. Heal us, my Lord Jesus. Restore us, my Lord God. Father God, and I pray, my Lord Jesus, that we would close down the prison forever, my Lord God. That we, my Lord God, would no longer harbor, my Lord God, ill feelings, my Lord God, against our brothers, our sisters, my Lord God. That when offenses happen, dear God, that we would be quick, my Lord Jesus, to confront our brothers, confront our sisters, my Lord God. So that we, my Lord God, may be restored, my Lord Jesus. Father God, we want to be unified, dear God, as your body, my Lord Jesus. We want to be, my Lord God, a people that you can use, dear God, to impact this generation, my Lord God, to impact, my Lord God, our world, my Lord Jesus, for your kingdom, dear God. Father God, that we would be mindful, my Lord Jesus, that we would be ever vigilant, my Lord Jesus, and that we would be faithful, my Lord God. Father, in Jesus' name I pray, my Lord God. Amen and amen. Put your hands together for Jesus.